0: Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we're going to talk today about testing and upgrade paths. And stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad. glad And and happiness. And happiness. Yeah.
1: The first thing we're going to talk about is the PR that uh, Robert Jackson made to Ember Test Helpers. And uh, what it allows you to do, uh, we've talked about this before on uh, on a previous episode, uh, about um, stubbing out services and acceptance tests. Uh, this doesn't actually solve that problem exactly, uh, but I think it's the first steps towards that in that it allows you, in a component integration test, it allows you to to stub out a service. So, I don't know, this is pretty sweet. Um, you're able to call it uh, from your your QUnit helper helpers. So if you do mod- module four, uh, you know, your module, and then inside of your before block, you'll have this. And the context of this there has a registry that you interact with just in the same way that you do with uh, Ember's registry. So this lets you say this.registry.register um, my thing colon main uh, comma my mock service. And now you'll be able to mock out services. So one of the things that you brought up, uh, Chase, that I thought was really interesting is the potential to use this to um, alleviate some of your concerns around link to helpers um, by stubbing out the routing service. Do you think that that's
0: something that, uh, that'll work? Yeah, so... Um that was one of the issues that existed for a little while uh, in component unit tests. Um, and it's since been fixed with the component integration tests that um, if you had a component that had uh link twos um, at first, the, uh, your test would just break, but you could fix that by stepping out the routing service. Um, and so now you get like a, a better defined way to inject a service um, and you can do something. Um, you should probably do something more in depth now, like, uh, you know, assert that given this routing service um, with these links for these, Uh, you know these routes this is what i see in the html of that um of that nav bar
1: right that'd be a really cool way to to kind of utilize this inside of the the pull request uh there's this whole rationale behind uh you know why this is possible and where we're going to go from here and one of the things was that this basically fell out of the container um, api work that um that dan was doing so uh, very cool. Very cool. I'm really excited to use this. And, uh, and I think we're going to mention it, uh, in just a few minutes. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when you look at the, uh, the source code for this, uh, it's interesting. It doesn't, uh, doesn't use any private, um, private APIs. So, you know, what we, what we do, uh, for currently for acceptance tests to get in services injected is by heavily using some private APIs, but we, but we isolate that into a helper so that in the, in the future, say, uh, application, um, Acceptance tests get the ability to, uh, in you know, it register services. Um, we just have to fix it in one place. Right. But this this is interesting because it's it's just using like you said that the the work done uh, for the registry. So there there are no private APIs. No no skids skids anywhere.
1: Yeah yeah totally. Which uh yeah it's it, it gets pretty pretty hairy pretty quick when you try to stub it in acceptance tests. So uh, this is a this is definitely a step in the right direction. So yeah, very cool. Definitely check it out. Um, all you have to do is update. Uh, ember cliq unit and you'll uh, you'll get the stuff i think it's uh 1.0.1 is uh is when this when this got pulled in so maybe like two days ago definitely worth checking out so while we're talking about testing um i also wanted to kind of like start talking about um how someone might come into testing how how like ember has a, a bunch of testing like nomenclature and background information a lot of it comes from the rails testing background um like was developed from people who were using that and heavily knowledgeable in that area so uh so there's there's some like gaps um when people come in trying to test in ember about just knowing how to ask the right questions and like where tests belong and what uh what each thing uh kind of
0: represents yeah and 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 uh one of the things that i i've been thinking about recently is that you know in the beginning uh, ember was uh, this new framework and all of the people that were coming into it were all from another language um they were all most mostly from rails but you know from everywhere um and they had some background in programming and uh ember had a high barrier to entry at first um and that's gotten much lower and it's more structured so you're seeing a lot of beginners learning on ember um and uh beginners don't typically have this this heavy testing background so we need to start helping to kind of teach people and kind of uh, ensure that that the the new people coming in especially the ones that have um next to no experience have this, this testing culture embedded in them. Um, and so we need to n- make sure that they know kind of the, the goals of the Ember testing story. Right.
1: Yeah. And I know, I know that the, um, the guides do a really good job of, of kind of getting you in the right spot. If you're looking to test, they'll definitely get you to a place where you'll feel comfortable. Um, but really, uh, what I want to talk about now is uh, kind of like just getting some nomenclature together so that if you're brand new to testing, you've never tested before, we can tell you just a few kind of key concepts about how you should think about tests uh, and maybe some uh, some of the meaning behind um, our interpretation. This is definitely our interpretation of, uh, of what it means to be, you know, either an acceptance test, an integration, or a unit test. Um, those are the ones we're going to focus on today. So... The, the thing that, I, that needs to be stressed here with acceptance tests are that they're, they're black box. So you don't really know about the internal of, uh, internals of, of anything, really, right? So um, I like to think of this as, a, like, before you start writing a test, just prefix it with a user sits down at a computer and does something, right? So only things that they can do when they're using the system from the outside. So a user sits down and goes to a page, so they navigate to a page and they fill out a user form. So we're gonna talk about uh, user creation, or I'm sorry, account creation. Uh, and account creation, uh, just to kind of give you a high overview, we're talking about just a, an admin user is going to be creating an account for a non-admin user. It's pretty simple, first name, last name, email, you know, not a whole lot. User sits down, visits the account page, fills out the form, first name, last name, email, clicks submit, and sees a flash message that says, user or the the account was successfully created um it's a pretty simple kind of idea uh, when you describe things in tests like this, the acceptance test is that uh, a if you write this test um, it should be something that a a user can accept can prove that this that, that the system behaves in this way um so it's always user facing and uh, and it never addresses implementation details it's only it's only things that the user can see and to that end I think acceptance tests are we recommend that you use like page objects to kind of even abstract the DOM portion of it so that you're not even referencing the DOM specifically. So there's abstractions on top of abstractions here. And the idea is this is the most full end-to-end style um, test that you would have. Uh, other other languages, including Rails, can call these uh, integration tests, but we're gonna make a distinction here in just a second about integration tests. And um, uh, I think Rails would also call them smoke tests. Um, where basically you're saying hey just make sure that the the system works as a whole
0: that's how i like to think of acceptance tests and w- one of the things you uh the you know you should kind of keep in mind is that you can you you can write acceptance tests that are not really acceptance tests um so you you could um you could do things in an acceptance test that are obviously like you know um testing things that the user can't see and one of the very spe- uh, specific examples is uh, that you'd need to store in an acceptance test to set up data set up the state of the world uh, for when you navigate to a page um, and see you know like so in this case you're an admin you're going to add a user you probably do that by seeing at first a list of users and you know a button that says add and you click that and now you're on this page that's saying you know add this user. Um, so you needed that store in the beginning to set up the maybe the user list or something some some state of the world. But then in the end once you actually add the user and say you end up back on that list and you're going to assert that that users now in that list. Um, you don't want to do something like say, um, go look at the, the store, Ember Data store, and see that the the user exists in there. What you're actually going to look at is just the content of the page um, through something like a page object. Um, it's it's a bad idea to go and look into Ember Data specifically for that. Right. Exactly. That's totally. That's such a good point. Um, yeah. As soon as you press
1: submit and the form is filled out, um, it you should see the flash message that. It says that you successfully created user. And if you wanted to be a little more thorough, you could say, if I go and visit another page where that user has to exist, maybe an index or a show page for uh, displaying specific information about the account, you could go and navigate to that and then assert that the data is there. But it has to be something the user can do without knowledge of the internals of the of the system. So that's, that is definitely very important that you don't want to reach into
0: objects that um, aren't in your purview in an acceptance test. And um, the the next layer of testing is integration testing. Um, And this is, um, depending on your background, you may have heard acceptance testing and integration testing kind of uh, referred to interchangeably. Um, But there's a distinction um, in Ember in that uh, acceptance test is, like we said, user-facing. It's how the entire system interacts. Um, The integration tests are more like how uh, one component interacts with another component. So it's... um, there are multiple levels of of uh, objects involved, um, but it but it is still isolated from the entire Ember application.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that maybe like the way I might think about this is that uh, an acceptance test is an integration test, but an integrate an integration test isn't necessarily an acceptance test. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So so for an integration test, uh, following along the same metaphor from before with the user account creation, right? So an admin user can create an account. Well. Uh, so we're not actually sitting down at a computer like we would with an acceptance test. Instead, we're saying, okay, well, let's kind of narrow our focus and say uh, just our account form component, right? So this is just the fields. And here's where we would test uh, things like validation. Here's also where we would design the the way we're going to invoke the component. So we, we need to know its name. We need to know what parameters it accepts. Um, all of those All of those things. This is where we're making those decisions. Uh, so in our case, we're going to say, okay, well, let's invoke the the template and give it some preset inf- inputs. So we want to set um, you know first name, last name, and email to known val- valid forms, and then click the, and then click uh, the submit button, and we should you know be able to assert on the submit action, make sure that things get set correctly. Um, in our case, I think a really good way to think about this as an integration is since we're dealing with multiple objects, it's not just the template, it's not just the the, the component. You can also um, stub out services now. So say when you click submit of this account form, we want a, a an account service to call create record. So you can create a mock account service and just all you have to do is implement a function that asserts okay. That says, "Hey, okay, create record was called."
0: Oh, and and you can also um, there's there's other things that could potentially happen. Um, there's kind of like sad paths, um, where um, you know, there was some validation error, and you want to test it. If if you try to pass this service, um, something like a a, an account that doesn't have an email, um, you're you're gonna probably get um, you're probably gonna want to return a promise back from this anyway because the actually creating a user is an asynchronous operation. So you would uh, uh, assert that there is some promise that um, uh, fails, calls reject. So you handle the catch and that something is shown, like a validation error message is shown on this component when the service rejects the, the changes you were trying to make or the update you were trying to make. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, the service itself is, it's, is kind of like this mock black box where you, know, the, 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 you don't really know how the actual service is implemented from this test. You you just know kind of the API what's supposed to happen, so the, the way you can kind of look at this is that you know uh, an acceptance test is a, a test of how the system behaves with given no input, no knowledge of the internals by a user, but these these integration tests are basically doing the same thing individually for um, the, the the user is like the component you're testing and the system is you know say the service they're hitting, so there is this wall where they don't know how the the, the back end works. Um, they're just, uh, they're just hitting the API and asserting that when I know you're going to, you're going to fail on this case. So I'm willing to assert that that happens and, or that when that happens, I render the right thing. Exactly. Um, so it's just all the different, and, and you're going to have many more of these integration tests than you would the acceptance tests that deal with the same thing.
1: Yeah. And that's a trend that we're going to see as we go in, in narrower focus, we're going to write more and more granular tests so that we can cover more paths. It's very expensive to run an end to end acceptance test. Uh, because you have to boot the entire app um, integration tests are less expensive and unit tests are finally the, the least expensive um so it's definitely worth worth mentioning that you test you test more and more branching uh, here um so acceptance tests i like to think of is usually happy path with maybe like validations thrown in as well um i tend to like to see my validations cuz users can see those uh, and then in integration tests um you can test uh, what happens specifically when um they cancel the submit, so they go back. Do we roll back the record? Do we hand, like how do we how do we want to handle all that stuff? so if you if you leave the if the form leaves the context of the page, then the object will be torn down. But what if you stay on the same page, the form's there, but you do something that folds it up or or something like that? So you test those uh, those those edge cases here in the integration level. and uh, once again, going back to what uh, Chase was saying is there's a service here. And we're testing the boundaries of these objects and how they interact with one another. so this is why it's an integration test so you're, you're dealing with like anytime you have two or more objects that interact, you're
0: dealing with an integration test. and the the last thing we're going to talk about, and the uh, the most granular is the the unit test. So unit tests deal with um, just one uh, one object generally <laughs> the, ideally <laughs> uh, this this you're going to see that this actually turns out to not be the case sometimes um, because uh, there are there are certain libraries you're basically going to use. There are certain external dependencies that you have that are not your responsibility to test that you sometimes use, like the Ember data store or something like that inside of a um, inside of some unit tests. But um, but generally, if you think of something like so, there are, there are various levels in Ember of, of unit tests. There are like uh, tests for the models, tests for the um, the adapters, serializers. Um, so those kind of things are pretty much completely self-contained because the model ones you're just going to assert that if I knew of a model, it has these properties. They're this type or something. Uh, they have this has many relationship. The adapter and serializers, you're just going to check that, you know, given uh, I try to make a request to the server for an adapter, or it makes a request this way, and the serializer is the opposite, saying something comes from the server, I get it turned into models, basically, you know, like right. this. Right, exactly, yeah. And, and to continue our metaphor
1: once again, um, so we're still doing account creation, right? Uh, so we've tested the outside with the acceptance test, We've tested uh, the form and some validations and some things on integration tests. Uh, now in unit, we're gonna say, okay, well, the integration test asserts that when I click submit, the, uh, the, uh, the account creation service, or the, the account service calls create account or, or whatever the API you settled on. Um, so now we're gonna go over to that service and we're going to say, okay, well, I want create account to persist these properties Uh, to, if it, if it successfully validates, I want to persist these things to local storage, right? Just to, I don't want to convolute things by adding store, because that introduces a little bit more complexity, but so you just want to, you just want to serialize it to local storage. Well, now we can write a unit test that say, that says, okay, given these inputs, so this service received a bunch of properties, when it, when those properties are correctly formatted, then I should see this stuff in the local storage. Uh, if I, if I retrieve this from local storage, these attributes should be set. And that's about as granular as you can get. and with w- while providing while still providing use. So in this case, we're just saying, okay, well, I received a bunch of stuff and this function does this one thing. It just puts it into local storage and you know probably some serialization layer to retrieve it later. But you know, for now, we're just testing this one thing. But So we have create record. Well, you can imagine later we want to retrieve it. So we would write another unit test to say, okay, we'll go and find it based off an ID or a name or an email or whatever. But that's where the unit test goes. And you can be as granular as you need here, but you generally only want one object to be under-tested at any given point in time. And you want the boundaries of these objects to be um, very well-defined
0: and you don't want to cross them into other objects. And and one of the things you should note is that um, the, the reason why it's not a good idea to um, or, or you should kind of resist the urge to use something like so in this service, we're, we're going to hit local or we're going to hit the data store maybe instead of local storage. The reason why you want to resist actually using the actual store um, is that in case the API of the store changes now all of not only does your code have to change, but all of your tests have to change it's fine if the actual service is using the store because now you've isolated it down anyway. That's kind of the whole point of the store is that in case some API changes in Ember data, it's all in this one service or however many services you have, but it's not all over your code. Um, like um, you, you, you know exactly where to look for, for all the calls to Ember data. Um, but if you did this also in your test, now you've got to also change any of your, any of your tests that you've, you have for any service. So it just kind of compounds the problem
1: right and there you know there's a, there's always trade offs here too, because mocking services can lead to um can lead to uh sometimes when the mock like the test will pass, but the actual API of the store changes, so you have to be careful there's other tests that you can write for that, but probably outside of the purview of this of this particular episode so one of the one of the cool things about thinking about tests in this way, I think is that at each point in time we were able to push data uh into smart places, right? So our acceptance test said, okay, well, we need this to happen. Like, this is just the, you know, basic check to make sure that everything works. Um, The integration test said, okay, well, we know we want all this stuff localized to a form, uh, probably a component. So let's do that there. And then the unit test basically said, uh, okay, well, the component doesn't need to be responsible for Uh, creation i don't want to tie myself so rigidly to the store so we were we exposed new information at each step and then you know finally the unit test said okay well this is the api we want to use and here's where um we're actually going to implement all the logic so each time you go a little bit further in and more granular you're learning more about your system and about where information should go so i think there's a lot of uh, value to trying to test this way but that being said Uh, Chase, you and I, (laughs) we talked about this a little earlier. Uh, but there's no way that you would write every single thing be covered by both an acceptance test or by an acceptance test, an integration test, and a unit test necessarily, right? There's several times when if you write an acceptance test, you can just implement, and just begin implementing. Um, so I think that it's important to notice that sometimes testing for its own sake is not good. So you have to know when you're going to get value. Personally, I think that unit tests, for instance are much better if you write them first so test drive Uh, acceptance tests uh, also i I think uh, behavior driven uh, development makes a lot of sense but if you want to use acceptance tests as regression so implement and then make sure that you're uh, you have a regression test uh, that is another use for acceptance tests but integration and unit i think they help you define things so writing them first makes uh, makes you
0: think about all of the requirements Um, before you start implementing, there's another kind of subject worth mentioning in all of the testing talk here, and that's test helpers. Um, if you find yourself repeating the same thing, in your tests all the time, um, that's not always a bad thing because the goal of tests are different than the goal of your code. Um, you're not, uh, your tests aren't made to be, um, dry. They're not made to be, um, you know, they're, they're made to be readable. Um, you should be able to look at the test, assert see everything that's going on and exactly what's happening and, and what your what your expected and actual values are and and that kind of thing. it's it's uh, less important that they're dry. but it's not unimportant. Um, so I find myself a lot um, uh, I first extract parts that are similar um, uh, to the top of say that 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 one test file, and then those get extracted into a test helper once I need to be once I need to reuse them. Um, but I, re- I write them basically the same way I would write a test helper.
1: Yeah, definitely. The purpose, though, is definitely uh, the des- to be descriptive so that, you know, yes. you in two months understands what you
0: now meant. Right. You, there, sh- there should be no magic going on in these helpers um, because they really it's not just that they need to be reusable. Um, it's that they, they need to read. The test itself needs to read like a story, like given I set up the state of this application this way, uh, this, you know, this action is taken. I'm expecting this result. You should be always be able to tell in, in one test. What's going on without having to go into all these helpers and uh, and look at how the how they're implemented? It should be very clear. Um, and if you can't do that, it's better to leave the code in the test than than to extract it out and remove the duplication.
1: So to uh, to kind of recap, do a, a general overview. Chase and I kind of agree that um, that a really decent way of thinking about this, uh, if you're thinking about where things go, uh, a decent like metaphor uh, is that. Uh, unit tests would be like testing uh, the uh, unit test would be like the atom, um, and then an integration test would be a molecule, and then an acceptance test would be a bacteria. Uh, I think we originally said frog, but that was a little bit too big of a jump. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, so, I haven't made any
0: frogs recently.
1: You haven't made any frogs recently. <laughs> um, so that might be a decent way to kind of like get your feet wet. But that's usually what we mean when we talk about tests in Ember, and uh, and probably in Rails too if you wanna if you wanna go that far. And hopefully, um, when you start writing these things, you'll understand that the, the value here is not purely regression, although there's certainly that too, so that you can do upgrades and things like that with confidence. But it's also to discover aspects of your system. I find it really, really helpful personally uh, whenever I write a function to um, write a unit test first. And the reason I like that is because it forces me to say, okay, well, what do I want the inputs of this to be? And what, do the outputs, what, what are the inputs and outputs? It makes me think, oh, well, uh, if I do it this way, then I need to have three things that I pass into this method before I can get anything useful done. Um, but maybe I could, you know, pass in two things and do it this other way, or or maybe I need more information or maybe I need less information. But it, it's a discovery tool um, at a unit level. Um, and then I think maybe as you go a little bit further, BDD is kind of a more regression uh, proofing your app than anything else. but. Um, I don't know that's my personal take on it. I think all of this is pretty much our personal take on it, but so testing. And,
0: and that's all we know. <laughs>
1: and that and that's what we got. Um Yeah, actually uh, one of the things I do want to mention is that uh, a lot of the testing stuff um if you want to start thinking about it and you're okay with uh, watching a little bit of ruby code, uh destroy all software um has really great uh, introduction a really great introduction to how to test uh, at boundaries. Um it's by Gary Bernhardt. Uh, definitely worth taking a look at. Um, and I, I hope you don't come across feeling uh, when you're testing your code that you'll need tests for your tests. Um, testing, once you get a little bit of hold of it, the test harness for Ember CLI is powerful enough to where um, you should feel pretty confident that the test stuff is going to work. So
0: definitely worth your time. Yeah, it's also funny to go back and watch some of the Destroy All software and, um, and see how, how critical time time is to Gary. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then think we don't even have to worry about that really because our tests run like you know 10 seconds <laughs> like
1: yeah, i still don't know i don't know if that would definitely pass the the bernhardt test uh, i'm pretty sure there's a there's like a, a, fi- a sub 50 millisecond threshold or something like that, that i was I was, much...
0: the, I was there for for a little bit um it actually t- oh yeah it it takes too long i i think the big limitation is actually um uh watcher Oh yeah. Maybe. Uh, when I make a change, it actually takes longer than that just for for that to notice. Mm, that um, not just compiling is fine. Broccoli compiles uh, really fast, but uh, and running the tests are really fast. But it's it's that, that that initial when I save and I'm kind of like looking like start spinning test them.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, I think that's it for this December weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. I'm Chase McCarthy, and we'll see you next time.